Welcome to the My Fitness Podcast. My name is Myomi, otherwise known as Mai. I am your coach, one-to-one personal trainer and bikini fitness athlete. And my goal is to help support and educate you into getting the results that you deserve. Hello and welcome to another episode of the My Fitness Podcast. I hope everybody is feeling good. We are now on week four of Dedicate to Eight. That has absolutely gone so quickly, like really, really quickly. So we're halfway through. We've got another four weeks to go. So um, yeah, ladies are doing really, really great. I'm really happy um, with the progress so far. Um, And we're still in lockdown. So I just want to take this opportunity to say now is a really good time to be a little bit more structured and regimented with our nutrition and our exercise. And I think that structure um, is what some people really, really, really need right now. The structure is key. Um, So creating new habits, new routines and like having a purpose and most importantly, get that step closer to, to our goals, which the one to my one-to-one coaching guys are doing and the dedicated eight guys are doing at the moment um they've got that focus they've got that structure um so i would just say no matter what your goal is really take advantage of this this opportunity um because i know you know getting that well i know i am anyway getting to the stage of kind of feeling a little bit fed up at times you know the homeschooling and just not having that flexibility and freedom to do the things that we we're used to doing um and having structure and routine and something to focus on really really helps at the moment so if you guys need some structure and help with anything then you know where i am just reach out so i want you to kick off um or start, should I say, today's episode talking about training. Um, because I know some of you guys are really, really struggling to get like a session in. And it is a non-negotiable for you to get free training sessions in a week. So a minimum of three training sessions a week and a maximum of six. So some of you are fine with getting six in. Um, some are really struggling to just even get one session in. Um, some I've had questions like, you know, can I do a follow along or okay, so I just want to briefly explain why I prescribe resistance training and why it's important for you to resistance train while you're dieting. All right, because one of the inevitable side effects of decreasing body fat is that your body will try to reduce muscle mass to slow down your metabolism to make up for the difference in energy. Um, And one of the best ways to prevent the loss of muscle mass is to train as if you're trying to build muscle. And that is why I have prescribed the type of exercises I have for you um, within the app. Now, your diet is what will reflect your fat loss goal. So if you eat in a calorie deficit, you're going to lose body fat and you'll lose the least amount of muscle if you resistance train. All right. So the way I want you guys to think of it is you're not training to burn calories. All right. You're training to maintain or hold on to the muscle mass that you've got or in some cases in people that are new to new to training, you may even build some muscle as well while you're in the deficit, okay? So 
That is the reason why you should be training. It's not there for you to burn calories, all right? So believe it or not, you don't actually, you don't actually burn that much calories via exercise, all right? So as well as that, you'll look good, you'll get stronger, you'll get fitter, and there are a whole leap of other benefits to resistance training, such as a reduced chance of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, like... The more muscle mass you have, the more metabolically effective you become, the less, the lower the risk of you getting any kind of diseases and stuff. So outside of, you know, the fat loss goal, there are so many other benefits to resistance training. And that's why it's really, really important that we do continue to resistance train. Um, so your training, resistance training, should be focused on maintaining as much muscle mass as possible, right? So the rest of the 23 hours left in a day should be spent creating a deficit via diet and activity levels, such as your NEAT, which I'm going to go on to in a second, yeah? Um, the training I've provided is progressive and designed for you to get good results while you're training from home. So ideally, I do or I would like you to follow those. But if you are going to use something from YouTube or you prefer to do a follow along, I want it to be resistance based. So body weight exercises, weighted exercises um, and not cardio focused. All right, because the resistance training is what's going to help you maintain the muscle mass that you've got. You want to stimulate the muscle, otherwise you'll lose it. So if you think about it, our, our body is very, very clever. And if you're not using the muscle when you're dieting, it's looking for ways to, you know, reserve as much energy as possible. And muscle takes space and it takes energy. So if you're not using it, your body's just going to think, well, it's not being used, I'll break it down for energy and I won't use, um, and you'll lose it. So that is really, really important in terms of making sure that you're stimulating that muscle, okay? Which brings me on to NEAT. So one of the questions was, um, is jogging, can jogging be um, classed as one of my, my training sessions? Um, no not as in your resistance training, it can't, because there's two different types of adaptations that you get from resistance training and cardiovascular training. Um, and jogging would come under cardiovascular training, all right? However, it can contribute to your NEAT. And I want to speak about NEAT because some of you are doing an amazing job of getting your steps in. And some of you are struggling a little bit with your steps. Now, a lot of people really, really underestimate the importance of NEAT and how much of an effect it has towards your fat loss goal. All right, so we're just going to quickly talk about NEAT and then I'm going to go on to answer some further questions. So what does NEAT stand for? NEAT stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. And that basically means all the little things that you don't think matters, they all add up and contribute to uh, your energy expenditure, all right? And a way of tracking your energy expenditure is by tracking your movements. And the target that I give you is your step target, okay? Um, so what counts as NEAT? Um, NEAT would be any kind of activity that's not structured exercise. 
but it doesn't really hugely matter if your steps come from a run or some other exercise um, you may be doing. What I am looking at when it comes to increasing your knee is trying to increase your energy expenditure, okay? So your energy balance at the end of the day. So track it. You know what's what. If you need to push, if you don't, you'll be, you know, I've only done 9,000. It should give you the push to want to wanna get the extra 1,000 steps in. Although your target is a daily target is it is an average across the week so if you didn't make your steps one day don't get disheartened because you've got the rest of the week to wait to make it up right so but i would say keep on top of it as best as you possibly can um and some people are using phones and i don't i feel like if you're using your phone and you haven't hit the steps, the likelihood is that you'll probably be doing over 10k because we don't always have our step, uh, our phone on us when we're moving around the house, we're going to the loo or whatever, we're not going to have our phone on us. So if you're going by your step, um, your phone, then yeah, you're probably clocking up more steps, which is not a bad thing. Um, but ideally, if you could just get a cheap um, like watch off of Amazon, well, you don't have to get a cheap one but you can get them very, very cheap on Amazon for like about 15 quid. Um, and they're smart and they're neat and they, they're they just as good um, at, at well, they're accurate at tracking your steps basically, right? So neat is the things that add up throughout the day. Um, and if you are sedentary, then this will mean you will have to go out for a walk. You know, you have to get up and go. Um, and that is the whole point. I want you moving. So other ways of monitoring and or other ways of getting your knee up are things like parking your car a little bit further away from the location you're going to, get those extra steps in there. Um, you can attach walking to some of the things that you already do on a daily basis. So um, things like after breakfast, lunch, and dinner, go for a 10-minute walk around a block, 15-minute walk around a block, 20-minute walk around a block, whatever it may be. You can attach it to things that you already do in order to create that habit of getting out and walking or getting your steps in, okay? Um, taking the lift instead of... No, said that wrong. Taking the stairs instead of the lift. Um, fidgeting, your posture, all these things are going to contribute. All the movement. It adds up towards your knee. Um, I was speaking to my brother the other day, and he gets his um, steps in. He, get, he clocks up quite a lot of steps, and he works in an office, and he's, like, at a desk a lot of the time. Um, but what he does is he, when he takes his calls, he walks around while he's on the phone. Um, and he, he doesn't actually do it on purpose to clock up steps, but that is how he gets his steps in. He, he just walks around when he's on a phone call. So again, if you're on the phone to your friends, your mum, your family, whoever it is, get up and walk. I mean, 10K steps, anything under that is deemed inactive. Most people have a minimum of 10K steps to um, complete. And like I said, it's an average across the week, all right? So if you do 8,000 one day, 12,000 another day, it's absolutely fine, just as long as it balances out. But 10K steps is realistic. All right. So, um, yeah, like I said, get a cheap, cheap tracker or get a tracker. It will prompt you, make you aware of your of your activity or your inactivity. OK. 
Um, another reason why it is really, really important that we um, in, get, you know, keep on top of our step count um, is because as we get lean and we get to lower levels of body fat, our energy expenditure reduces to try and maintain as much energy as possible. All right. So it will defend your weight. It will try to slow you down. Your body will try to slow you down because it doesn't have the energy that it's used to having. So if you can track and monitor your, your, your steps and your activity, then as you get leaner and your body is trying to force you to slow down, um, you know what's what and you know whether you need to keep you know, if you've got more steps to get in, etc. All right. Um, if without being prompted or without knowing, you will automatically slow down and then your your results will slow down along with it. So you might be thinking, well, you know, I'm doing everything, you know, I'm sticking to my calories, but nothing's changing. It's probably because you've slowed down and you're not moving around as much because your body doesn't want you to. Um, and as a coach, it makes it a lot easier to set you calorie targets because when I say you need to hit X amount of steps, I will know roughly how much energy you would expend and then I can have a more realistic idea of your actual deficit. Whereas in the past, you might have not known because there was no way of monitoring and tracking, okay? So it is really important that you get your steps in. And I know sometimes it can be a bit of a ball ache, especially like if it's raining outside or, um, you know, you're feeling really, really tired. But it, it has a massive impact on your results um, and people really, really underestimate um, the importance of our, of our steps. Um, so put on a good podcast, have me in your ears or whoever you like listening to, put on some nice music, put on an audio book, whatever it is, it's nice to be outside. I know some people really don't like being in the rain. I quite enjoy walking in the rain. I find it quite therapeutic. Um, I probably didn't know I enjoyed walking in the rain until I started tracking and monitoring my steps and I had no choice. But um you know, it is a little bit cold outside and I get it, but the end result is going to be worth it. And you've always got to remember why you're doing it as well. Okay. So guys, get your steps in, please. I hope that's giving you a little bit more insight into why you, you resistance train and why you've got your step count. They are very, very different, but they, well, they don't go in hand in hand. Resistance training is totally different and you're not exercise um activity is totally different they are both as important as each other okay so our the question that we have next is um can we have a discussion about food and sugary sweet things i find myself battling with either cutting out sugar altogether or where and when to have it i've grown accustomed to living a particular lifestyle and eating in a certain way that at times I find myself conflicted. There is definitely a struggle to find the balance that I'm happy with. Okay, so first of all, I'm gonna say I, I say okay a lot, right? <laughs> I've just caught myself. <laughs> you know, I listen back to the podcast and I think, oh, why do I say okay so much? I'm sorry if it frustrates you, it frustrates me as well. But anyway, um, 
no, I don't want you to restrict yourself from any kind of cravings or foods. Um, I don't want you to have remorse and feel really bad about giving in to any type of cravings. It happens. Um, we put it behind us and we move forward. All right. So don't beat yourself up about it at all. What I would suggest is if you do give in to your cravings, whether it's sugary things, sweet things, so whatever your cravings are, I'm going to talk on a whole about cravings in general. Um, if you do give in to your cravings or you find yourself really craving things, it's best to identify why, because there will always be a reason for it. Um, is it because you've been avoiding that type of food? Uh, this is where the restriction comes into it. And this is why I don't agree with restricting yourself altogether. Um, is it because you've left it a long time since your last meal? Are you getting in enough food volume, enough protein, enough fruit and veg, the things that will keep you full for long? Um, you know, are you having too many big meals, too many small meals? You know, um, is it stress that triggers these cravings, lack of sleep? Like there are a lot of things that can trigger or cause these types of cravings. Um, but mistakes will happen. So if you find yourself giving in or losing control, just ask yourself, what triggered it? Why did I do it? What can I do or implement to prevent this from happening again? You know, it takes work. Um, it really does. And dieting and changing how you eat isn't the hard part. The hard part is changing your behavior patterns. It's not just the skill of eating. You're trying to change behavior patterns. And not only that, but doing it consistently over time. So you can feel good, so you can look good, so you can move better. But it does take time. So please don't be too hard on yourself. Remember, I am looking for progress. I'm not looking for perfection. There will be times and that things don't go to plan. And it's those moments I want you to, to learn from. But it is a matter of questioning yourself. You know, if I give in to these cravings, how will I feel? You know, am I going to enjoy it? Am I going to feel really bad after it? You know, you've got to really, really question yourself if you're really, really serious about your goals. Not even that if you're really serious, but if, you know, you're looking for results and you've got to remember, okay, well, if I do give in to these cravings, it's a delay in in progress, but it doesn't mean because you can't still make progress, you know. Um, I think there are things that you can do to avoid um, these situations. So things like keeping trigger foods out of your house, so out of sight, out of mind. However, if you've got children, that may not be possible because obviously you're going to have these things in your house. Well, some people don't, but nine times out of 10, you're going to have those types of sugary type foods in the house for the children. So, you know, um, a good thing is to plan out your, your meals. Um, make sure that you are putting in the things that you enjoy. You shouldn't be restricting yourself. So if you like quality streets, and I say that because I can see a tin now, um, factor them in. And that's your indulgence and you have it and, you, and you've and you tracked it and you know you're within your calories and it's absolutely fine. So when you start restricting yourself, you start overeating on certain things because 
you're like, all right, I've had it now. So what else can I have? I'm just going to eat everything because I don't know where my next opportunity to do so will be because I've given into my cravings now. So I might as well just, whereas if it's planned and it's factored in, you know, at three o'clock with my cup of tea or whatever it is, I'm going to have that biscuit that I really enjoy eating. Yeah. So yeah, focus on protein and getting enough fruit and veg. These things are going to make you feel fuller for longer and they um, nutritionally are good for you. Um, have a plan in place for if, you know, you haven't factored them in and you do get these cravings, what can you do to um, distract yourself? Um, is it a matter of that you're bored and you need something to do? You know, ask yourself, like, or put a plan in place. When I get the urge for X, I'm going to do Y. Once you start doing Y, the likelihood is that the craving for X is going to go over time. But if you really, really fancy it and you really, really want it, then eat it and enjoy it. In moderation, though, like, I don't want you to just give in at every hurdle because you are in a dieting phase. But, you know, food is for to be enjoyed. So if you're not restricting yourself, you're factoring them in, enjoy it, you know, um, and there's no reason why you shouldn't do. Also, another thing is hydration is very, very important um, because sometimes we feel like we want certain things, but maybe it's possibly because we're dehydrated and we probably just need some water. Um, so keep yourself well hydrated, put a bit of squash in your in your, in your your water um, if you're really after that sugary kind of feeling or taste. But yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Try to look for the patterns and the triggers um try not to leave it too big of a gaps between meals so that you're that you might get to a point where you're really hungry and you're just craving anything kind of thing um yeah that's the best advice i can give you um but if you do feel like it's really really getting out of hand let's have a chat about it and let's put some things into place um to help you Okay, so um, the next question is, can we talk about how using the scales can trigger a negative mindset? So I love this question because it really matters. It's a conversation I talk about a lot with my clients because so many people have an emotional attachment to the scales. The scale is a one-trick pony for measuring your progress. And I'm not saying it's not a useful tool, because it is, but the scale doesn't tell you everything, all right? It doesn't tell you your journey. It doesn't know your fat mass. It doesn't know if it's time in a month. It doesn't know if you ate a big meal the night before, if you're still within your calorie deficit. It doesn't tell you how strong you are. It doesn't tell you how your clothes fit and feel. You know, it doesn't tell you how you feel. Um, like, the list really does go on, but you know, you get my drift, right? Um, the scale is only telling you a number and that number will fluctuate consistently. It does not equate to your success, okay? What I find tends to happen is I have clients who've had a great week. They've done absolutely everything that they've needed to do. So they've ticked all their boxes. They feel great. They think they look great. Then they step on a scale 
and it tells them that they are three or four pounds up from where they thought they would be or where they think they should be. And then all of a sudden the doubt kicks in, the confidence drops and you know they're not as happy as they were just a few moments ago before they stepped on the scale. Like it's crazy, but it happens, you know, and, and I totally get it. So what I'll say is focus on ticking the day-to-day non-negotiables. Make sure you're within your calorie deficit. Make sure you're hitting your protein targets, that you're getting your training sessions in, that your sleep is good, that you're getting your steps in. Once you know you've done these things, um, then honestly, you have got nothing to worry about because even if the scale is not showing you today, over time, it will it will show. Um, I had a client who, um, I have a client who for weeks her, her, her weight hasn't changed, but looking at her progress pictures, you can quite clearly see she's lost um, a significant amount, but the, the scales are not telling her that. Um, and, you know, these things can become very, very frustrating, but you've got to remember, you know, we hold a lot of water. If you've had, um, a lot of sodium that's gonna you know jump the scales up if you've had a um a meal that's been heavier than normal the night before and you weigh yourself in the morning you know i'll tell you what a good way of kind of sometimes i get my clients to, to, to track their weight every single day so they can see how much the scales fluctuate but it's just like weighing yourself in the morning i'll say oh right, even weighing yourself first thing in the morning then go and have a big glass of water and weigh yourself again. You're going to be slightly heavier because you've got more volume inside you, yeah? It doesn't mean you put on body fat. It doesn't mean your progress has been, you know, like you've ruined your progress or anything like that. So the skills is a good indication. Um, and this is why I like to take progress pictures and I like to take measurements because these things are a good way of like actually seeing but more importantly how you feel how you look you know how your performance is when you're training those are the things that really really matter ticking off your non-negotiable boxes those are the things that are important the scale weight is just a number it's just an indication it's just another tool that we can use to to monitor and and, and track but it doesn't tell you all the other things it doesn't tell you how much fat and um, body fat you've got or anything like that so please don't get disheartened by the skills um and just understand it is just it's a tool it's quite an unreliable tool to be fair but all the same it is a tool that we use um and it can be useful yeah um and talking about measurements uh, there was another question about how do we like measure so in the file section you do have um how to monitor and track your progress um the information is in there but don't to get too hung up on it um if you're measuring your waist the tape will go from your belly button all the way around um your hips will be your widest part of your bum all the way around these things it's in the facebook group as well um so have a look at the files, it will tell you. But for example, if you're measuring your thighs, ideally, if you've got a beauty spot or if you've got a mark on your thighs, you're going to kind of use that as the place where you'll always me measure around, yeah? Um, but if it's not accurate every week, 
I mean, you can't get it spot on every single week, yeah? But it's not going to be way off either. So don't worry too much about um, the measurements. Just try and try, if you can, to get in the same place every week. And if you can't, it's not a big deal. It's not going to make a huge difference. Um, but like I said, in to know where to measure, that information is in your files um, section for you. In terms of progress pictures and when you weigh yourself, I want you to be weighing yourself first thing in the morning after you've been to the loo um, in exactly the same spot as you knew, usually would weigh yourself because this will give me the most accurate reading. And then also when you're taking your progress pictures, again, ideally I would want it to be first thing in the morning um, after you've been to the loo on an empty stomach because if you are taking your progress pictures in the evening, you would have had a full day of food in you and a full, like, water and, you know, so you're not going to look the same as you would do um, first thing in the morning. So, please, guys, if you can do that for me. But all that information is in the file section. Um, then, yeah, it is really helpful for me when I'm doing comparisons with your pictures because if you're taking some in the evening and some in the morning, it just, it just doesn't make sense, Yeah. Okay, so we've got a question here that says, can you give us some breakfast ideas? Um, okay, so for those of you that want to dedicate to A, in your file section, again, you have some sample meal plans. Um, and if anybody else wants those sample meal plans um, or some ideas there, then let me know. But ideally, I want you to be having protein with most meals or every meal. So um, I'm going to give you some a few protein types breakfasts that you can um that you can you know um take some ideas from however you know what i like i sometimes feel like people think breakfast and they get really really stuck there's nothing to say that you can't have whatever you want for breakfast i sometimes have chicken and rice and vegetables for breakfast like there's nothing to say I, like i can't have that at breakfast time so like don't limit yourself to like cereals or like granola or you know the normal bog standard breakfasts that people have because you can pretty much have it whatever you want <laughs> to be fair um but some high protein breakfast ideas are things like protein oats so if you have whey then you can have um some whey in your oats and mix it up i absolutely love it some people really hate it um you can do them overnight um you can put fruits in it as well some chai seeds jazz it up make it nice um so yeah if you want to do overnight oats you could just put it in make it the night before put it in the fridge eat it cold i prefer to have my my oats warm um you can have a protein shake, um, eggs or egg whites with spinach and say chicken sausages, for example, or have it as an omelette, some smoked salmon on a bagel with some fat-free cheese, protein pancakes, chicken rice and veg, <laughs> like literally anything with protein in it. The main thing is that you're hitting your targets for me. So whatever you decide to have for breakfast is entirely up to you. Um, if you're not getting enough protein in your diet, then yeah, have protein in with your breakfast. Protein yogurts with some fruits is good. You know, the list kind of goes on. You're not limited to anything. So, you know, plan it. Scrambled eggs on toast. Like, yeah. I mean, 
I hope that's enough. <laughs> I'm trying to think, like, really? Um, hopefully that's enough. I mean, even if you wanted to have a cereal, some cereal, like Cocoa Pops, Rice Krispies, Corn Flakes or whatever, and have a protein shake with it or a couple of boiled eggs on the side, like, it really, really is up to you. Um, don't overcomplicate it if it's going to get too much for you to track. But, yeah, go for whatever you fancy, really. Hope that helps. <laughs> okay, so... Um, a question about me. So it says, how do I have the energy to do everything? And to be honest with you, sometimes I don't have the energy. I'm extremely tired today, but I am organized. I'm quite an organized person. So before getting into the world of fitness, um, I had been a personal assistant for years. Um, I worked for various media companies and my last job was at Channel 4. So very used to kind of having structure and um, being quite organised. And within my family and within the household anyway, we're having two children, we very much rely on structure and routine. Um, and these things are really, really important. And I say it to you guys as well. It's important to have structure and routine when it comes to your training, when it comes to your nutrition um, and planning ahead. These are the things that are going to help you move forward. Um, I can't do hectic. I can't wake up and think, oh, what do I do today? Like, that just doesn't work for me. So being, you know, very organized helps. Um, and fuel fuel in my body with the right nutrition really massively helps as well. Um, I don't like feeling sluggish. Like, you know, very rare you'll catch me having like a KFC or anything like that because those foods just don't make me feel good. They don't help me move well, you know. Um, so I just make sure that I get in enough protein, enough fruit and fish. I drink a lot of water. And I honestly do feel like these things contribute to um, my ability to get through the day. Of course it does, right? Um, and as well, exercise. I am more energized when I exercise than when I don't. Um, and a lot of people might find it crazy. Like, yeah, I may be tired from my training, but I have it, like, I feel energized, I feel happy, I feel good. Um, and yeah, these are the things that I feel give me the energy to do what I do. Um, but outside of energy, I must say, I do have a very, very supportive family and um, people around me. I surround myself with people that are positive, um, that uplift me, that push me as well that tell me when I'm doing wrong or if they feel like I'm going heading in the wrong direction. I don't surround myself with people that are going to go, oh, yeah, you know, you're, you're great, when actually I might not be doing so great, you know. Um, my family are a massive, massive, massive support network for me, and that is including my extended family as well. So, like, my cousins and, um, you know, I've got a lot of cousins. <laughs> you know what I mean? And if, if anything I need guaranteed I can reach out to one of them you know so um I do I am fortunate enough to have or surround myself with good people okay so we have a question on there's me with the okay again I'm so sorry <laughs> right so we've got a question on injury and how to 
get through training with the in, with an injury. Okay, so when it oh god, sorry with the okay. It's gonna annoy me every time I say it. I can't help it. Right, so when it comes to injury, um, I would say basically train everything but that area. Do all the stuff that you can do and don't do anything you can't do. Right, I hope that makes sense, right? Do not make the mistake of not working out at all. If your body allows you some light exercise, like really slow, real gradual, nothing too intense, um, then do it. But if the injury doesn't, then um, some mobility work, flexibility work, stretching will be very, very useful. If you have a so in particular, this lady has um, a knee injury, but there's nothing to say she can't work out upper body. I would say try some light movement. If you feel uncomfortable, then obviously stop. But when we're injured, sometimes it is really, really important to keep on moving, not train hard, but to move and kind of get the muscle strong again. Um, but at the same time, you really need to listen and pay attention to what your body's telling you. So as you go through the movements, um, especially like even if it's mobility movement, it doesn't mean it won't hurt or, you know, because it's stretching that you, you can't do further damage. Just be very, very smart. Listen to your body. You know your body very, very well. But don't eliminate exercising altogether. Um, I really wouldn't recommend that. So if you can, light movements. If not, no worries. Work on the areas that you can work on. So upper body, for in this case, would be upper body. Um, and obviously getting your 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 neating so making sure that you're getting your steps in as well and you're moving around and then on top of that you just want to make sure that you're you hydrate very very well and that your nutrition is on point because this is going to help with your recovery um yeah so getting the right minerals the vitamins your fatty acids in the right amount of protein in is going to help speed up your recovery process in terms of getting you stronger and getting you um the injury kind of recovered a bit quicker so the final question that I had was can we talk about other people's journeys and what motivates them etc so I'm going to throw this right back at you um, this is um, from someone in dedicate to eight I'm going to ask you to ask the other guys in the Facebook group exactly what you want to know because that is what the group is for is for you guys to share your experiences to share your food ideas to share you are a community you know we're all in this together and um so yeah i'm gonna throw it right back at you and i'm gonna ask you to ask the guys in the group and see what you get back from them and you can also um share your experience as well You have come to the end of another My Fitness podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you would like to connect with me, you can do so on Instagram at my.remy. And I would really appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe and share. Take care.